Hello, everyone. This is Paul representing Twin Cities Wedding and Event Professionals. Today, we have a really special guest. He hails from the city of Andover, Hampshire, United Kingdom, which is about an hour and a half outside of London if you're heading towards Southampton, for those of you <laughs> that have done so. Uh, he is currently the highest paid TWIA award-winning wedding industry DJ in the UK. He's a master of ceremonies. He's completed seven Marbeca Method workshops and attended another five or six that he actually put on as well. Uh, in addition to that, he's attended two entertainment experience workshops where he connected with Bill Herman, who many of us probably know here locally in Minnesota. Uh, and all one has to do is mention the word wedding, and this man's face lights up much like a Roman candle. We are talking today with none other than Alan Marshall. Welcome, Alan. How's your day going? Good morning, Paul. Yeah, it's going fantastic. It's a good start to the day having a chat with you, and it's nice and sunny outside, so that makes an even better bonus. How did you get your start? How did I get my start? Well, I, I, I started as a DJ um, when I was five years old. Um, my gran used to um, invite friends around to the house for a cup of tea, etc., and I convinced my mother that I could um, take her uh, her little stereo system and her records to Nan's, <laughs> Grand's, my, I, was, I was always known as Nanny's boy, um, to play records and play records for them. Now, I never thought that that was being a DJ, and it wouldn't be until I was 16 that I'd <laughs> actually get paid to be a DJ and, um, and understand what that was. But over the years at family events, I was the the kid that was always delving into everybody's record collection. I was the one that, you know, was in my happy place when I was playing music, putting records on. So that's adorable. Actually, friends and family had always said, Oh, you should, you should be a DJ. And I, yeah, I, I just assumed that was the guy on the radio. I didn't, I didn't know there was a mobile DJ thing. Oh, I love it. I love it. When you said you mentioned, um, I'm sure your grandmother probably adored having you do that. That's so cute. But when you were 16, you said you, you got your first DJ gig. Was that, um, how was that different? Was it friends, family? What was that? Well, that was right. So that my first ever um, event um, gig I got was a wedding. It was a, a lady from uh, where I had my first job. I started uh, working at a company called Wedding Warehouses, which was a wholesale uh, uh, warehouse. It used to sell absolutely everything back in the day when that was kind of unusual. These days, that's kind of the norm. Right. Back then, it was kind of unusual. And Jenny, Jennifer was getting married and knew that I had a record collection. So she asked me if I could bring some records along and she'd bring a stereo. No, and, I love uh, it. And she was going to pay me, which was kind of, kind of really cool because um, no one had paid me to do this and I didn't even know someone could pay you to do this. And what she paid me was the equivalent of what would have normally took me two weeks to earn in my day job. <laughs> what were you doing as a day job? Yeah. What were you doing as a day job? Obviously, it wasn't DJing. It was something. Well, the, it, I, at this place, wedding warehouses, I, I worked in the back of the stores. I was working in the warehouse. Oh, I was, gotcha. When the, when the customers purchased something, they would come to the back of the warehouse with a slip, and it would be my job to go and find whatever that was from a, from a fridge freezer, washing machine, to a three-piece suite, to... Um, uh, a lawnmower it could be anything it was uh, my job was to go and and load that into their van well, I, i'm curious what what did that do for you i'm assuming that did a 
did, was that like the moment that the light bulb just went off in your head or did it slowly turn on where it was like, wait a second? Well, for me, that, that first event was the, a couple of things happened at that event. First of all, I was playing music and, um, and there was an actual full on party going. It was an event it, beforehand. It had been just how, you know, around friends and families' houses, I was playing their music. But here I was on a stage. I had a, a disco system in front of me that my um, father had helped me purchase. And I was playing music and it was important that I, for me, it was important that they carried on dancing and they did. So I, w I was putting a show together, which is not, so I'd never done that before. So when we got to the end of the evening and everyone was thanking me and congratulating me how well I'd done, it kind of felt good. So I thought, oh, I, might, I, I think there yeah. might be something in this. Uh, so what happened after that? When, when, when you're getting all those pats on the back and everything, did you, did you start a company or? or yes. Uh, well, yeah. funny enough, there's an American connection to everything I've ever done. Um, uh, and there was American connection to this. I saw a movie um, back in the day, the early 80s, called American Hot Wax, which was about the DJ Alan Freed. And I thought Hot Wax being a hot record was really cool. So my first disco was called Hot Wax Di uh, Mobile Disco. <laughs> um, okay. uh, and and I, I got some cards printed and um, anyone that would spend more than a, you know 30 seconds with me, I would, would kind of force into the conversation the fact that, oh, I'm a DJ. Uh, not knowing really what being a DJ was, I just thought, well, we, you know, they liked it maybe other people like it. And I started working, I started working for friends and family initially, but because they knew I'd been paid for the last event, they paid me for the next one. <laughs> and I was getting paid and um, it was kind of good. I mean, I, I was getting to go out and party uh, with friends, families and, and clients that didn't even know me. That was when it really hit home when people would just find my number in, you know, for the old the older listeners yellow pages um <laughs> used oh, to be yeah. the way to way to go and people <laughs> would phone me up world worldwide worldwide that used yeah. to be the way here as well yeah um i there's something there's there's a little nugget in what you just said and i think that you know our group specifically you know well not just our group here with twin cities wedding event professionals but i think i think anybody that's in business for themselves or entrepreneurs or any anybody that's just looking for work uh, there's something that you said that struck me is that you worked into almost every conversation that you were a DJ. Um, there, there's, there's, there's something about that that probably could come off a little bit pushy, but there's also a piece in that that's really smart as far as being a young entrepreneur. Um, oh, absolutely. It's something I, I, I learned later on. Um, it was described as the elevator pitch. Some mm -hmm. may have heard it described as that, but I didn't know it as that. It was just, I just need to tell people that this is what I do. Um, there's a term, the elevator pitch is that you, if, you, if you get into an elevator, you sh should be able to express what you do and how you, good you're good at it before you get to the next floor and they get out. Yes. So, yes. so you, need to, you need to find that, that conversation where it's only going to be about 45 seconds to a minute tops, but it, communicates what you do and potentially why they want to book you and that, that was something I was learning from a very early age because I really really wanted to be out there DJing and the only way that was going to happen is if people knew I DJed 
Yeah. Yeah. It, it sounds like some of that was just innate. Was there, was there people around you or, or somebody? Um, I mean, I think of my own life and I think of my dad, he was an entrepreneur and he very much did a lot of what you're talking about. So it was, it was interesting to witness that. Um, was that just something that you kind of didn't realize that you were doing until later or was it something did you, that was modeled for you? No. Well, a little bit, but a little bit of both. Um, I, I, it was, I was that kid that, as I say, from when I was um, small, I was always delving into everybody's record collection. I was, any conversation with me back then was around music. Got it. I, I, you, you, I, it was the only thing I really knew anything about. So it was always in the conversation. So to, to then drop into the conversation that I also DJed just was natural. It was just part of the conversation talking about music. Um, what I took from that was, when it became, um, there was an intent behind it was when I had my business cards, I used to leave business cards everywhere. If I'd got, if I went into a club and even if I wasn't working there, I'd just leave them. <laughs> I, I just, I, I, they'd, they'd be scattered everywhere. I, there wasn't a place I went and I didn't leave uh, a sign that I'd been there. And I, be, I made that a challenge to myself that I'd always make sure that I left a few cards wherever <laughs> I went so someone might pick them up. Yeah. From 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 listening to that, and and also I, I was there at the collab lab that we had here. Um, there there uh, when you yourself got married. Um, yes. I, I'm I'm just I'm thinking about that moment from your talk. Oh, sure. um, would you mind sharing just so that people listening would kind yeah. of know what I'm what I'm referencing? Because you, you yeah you 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 did a lot of it yourself, if I recall. Yes, I mean, the two light bulb moments in my earlier career were weddings. One was the Jenny, and second was uh, my wedding to Anna Marie. Now, my wedding to Anna Marie, um, we decided that we didn't want to have it in a venue. It wasn't going to happen in a venue because that would be like a normal Saturday because that's what I did. Saturdays, I did weddings. So we decided we were going to have it at our home and we were going to get married because we'd both been married before at a registry office. And once we got back from the registry office, the first thing we needed to do was we needed to cut the wedding cake because Anna Marie had fallen in love with a chocolate wedding cake. And it was starting <laughs> to melt because it was a very hot day. So the first thing we did as soon as we arrived back from the church, with, uh, from the registry office with all our friends and family was to get to work. We cut the cake. We made sure that everybody had a, a, a glass and had a drink and we, we did a couple of toasts and then we, we did our first dance and then we made sure that everybody had something to eat. And this is how the day kind of panned out. We were running around making sure that everyone was having the perfect day. We were working on our wedding day. <laughs> now, it wasn't till the end of the wedding day that when Anna Marie went up to her went up to our bedroom and said, well, I'm, I'm, I'm tired. I'm going up. And I said, well, I'll be up in a little while. And it took two hours for me to um, <laughs> realize that after <throughout laughs> I tidied up the whole garden and done all the washing up that I'd realized that I'd actually worked my wedding day. Um, I, and a light bulb went on. I suddenly realized that maybe there needs to be someone out there that does this and That's what would brilliant. that look like because i had no idea because i was the guy that turned up in the evening played music i had no concept that was going on during a wedding day until it was my wedding day 
Awesome. So, so that from that point on, did you, is that like a point when you expanded your business to, to think about weddings in a, not just as the DJ, but also as, as kind of a broader service that you could offer? To a degree. I mean, it took, it took about three years. It took three years between that realization of the light bulb go on. I'm like everybody, I can procrastinate like a champ. I, am. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought about it and then it naturally did nothing about it. And so it just ate away at me. And we were at a, um, a conference, myself and Anna Marie, and there was an American DJ talking about yeah. uh, weddings. And uh, a guy who, who I believe it, it lives around this area now, a guy called Ken Day. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was talking about specialization. And because of that, another step appeared to us, which was to do a little research. And that step left, led us to a New Zealand DJ online who told me about a workshop that was taking place in Las Vegas. And I started to listen to... Um, Bill Herman on um, the American DJ, which was a podcast. It was a podcast for DJs and a guy called Jim Cerrone who talked about the perfect host and a, and a, the owner, a guy called Mark Ferrell who was talking about getting what you're worth and about the Marbecker workshops. And something just ignited in me that maybe, maybe this is what I've been looking for for the last three years. Yeah. Yeah. And so then did you, you, did you start, what was the next step? Did you start attending the Marbeca or did you kind of? Um... Well, the next step for me was um, to find out when the, these workshops were happening. Now, what I hadn't realized was the podcasts were already six years old. The workshops were already <laughs> Yeah, that's the beauty um, of technology sometimes. Yeah, I, I, thought, I thought, oh, right. So I, I reached out to um, Rebecca Ferrell, uh, Mark's wife, Yes. No, we're doing them in Vegas. So. Oh, nice. I, I I booked to go on to these two workshops, and then, like life can get in the way, or it can it can push you in the right direction depending on your point of view. I my day job, which at that point was with IBM, decided that they didn't no longer needed me. How oh, not? I got the the called into the office. Sorry, you know we're cutting back. We need to let people go. Right. Right. Now, now, part of the message that had been on Disc Jockey America was about the fact that you could go full-time. You could do this full-time. It was something that I didn't believe I could. I didn't know how. I had no business plan. I had no concept of how that would <laughs> be a thing. But so, I wanted to find out more. Yeah, and it almost sounds like that... Uh... 